Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. What's up and welcome back to the Kind of Funny Screencast. Of course, I'm Tim Geddes and I'm joined by the birthday boy himself, Greg Miller. Hello, everyone. Final year of my 30s. Woo! 39. Wow. Yeah. Wow. That's a lot of years, man. I can't I know, believe right? that. <laughs> Nick, what, Jody, what do I have to look forward to when I get hit 45? Oh, man. Your knees are going to go. They're just going to go. <laughs> Sad because his knees actually have gone. <laughs> <laughs> of course, uh, the man with the best knees in the business. It is the one and only producer slash producer, Nick Scarpino. Here's what I'm going to say to you guys right now. Get the race out of the way sooner rather than later because mm. historically people don't get faster when they hit 40 they usually get a little bit slower greg so i'm just saying right now if you want if you want to ice age. andy out you better start getting just get lumber limber get limber well, right get now some lumber start, get, get some, some lumber, lumber go to the rails. lumber yard build yourself a little track and take this kid to school sure sure <laughs> How do you feel about that natural rifle, Andy Cortez? Zero shot. Like, you can age me up to 90 and have oh. Greg time travel back to age 17 when he was in his prime, and nah, it's still no kind of shape. <laughs> Way worse yeah. shape at 17. Yeah, Way worse shape at 17. Oh, okay. He might be in his prime right now, guys. I honestly <laughs> am in my prime right now. The yeah. doctor was impressed yesterday at my physical. How much wow. I lost. Yeah. Uh, Congrats. Greg, the only thing I want to say to you is that if you're going to do anything crazy, like, you know, weird hair, dude, do it while you're younger, you know? Because the sure. older you get, it's It's sub 40. Gets. If you want to have a weird <laughs> haircut, you have to. it's 40 or below. <laughs> <laughs> when you go yeah. past 40, uh -huh. what are you doing? Yeah, what kind yeah. of mid Life prices are you having? Exactly. All right, right. It's as bad as wearing a gold chain all the time, Kevin. Is it? Is it worse or equal after Tim? Taco. <laughs> no, I want no, no. Keep it going. Shot. No, no. Keep it going because somebody's supposed to say brimless hat, and then suddenly it's the Spider-Man meme, and we're all pointing at each other for wearing something. <laughs> Meanwhile, I look dope as well. I think I proved that the brimless hat. I was right ahead of my time. Like the, that. Full circle. All right, guys. I, I am utterly shocked at how often I see very stylish people these days in brimless hats, and it upsets me every single time because of <laughs> the final person in this group, the big dog, Kevin Koala. I nailed it. <laughs> and what's, what's great about it is that most fashion forward people hit the trend, wear it for one week, never wear it again. That's, that's well, what they put it on the map, get out. Sometimes. You find something awesome, and then your wife's like, never again. Put that down. Yeah. You bought six of them, but you're not allowed to wear a single one of them. Go but get Kevin, a brimless look. hat right now. We'll wait. I want, I want you to throw a brimless hat on. And it's Tim, upstairs. get, get your far. two chains. Let's go. <laughs> He's oh, going. He's doing it. He's there. He took it off because he was embarrassed before we started. You can get this show on youtube.com slash kind of funny or roosterteeth.com. You can also get it as a podcast by searching your favorite podcast service for kind of funny screencast. And we'll be right there for you. If you wanted to get the show ad free and watch live as we record it, you got to go to patreon.com slash kind of funny, just like our Patreon producers, Molecule, Fargo, Brady, Pranksy, and Anonymous have all done. We appreciate you also very much. Of course, this is the kind of funny screencast where we get together to talk about the latest in TV, movies, and trailers. Uh, we've been 
doing our weekly Moon Knight recaps like we're doing right now. But also, we've been reviewing a ton of movies like Everything Everywhere All at Once. Uh, we got the Sonic the Hedgehog 2 review ton more stuff coming up the thor love and thunder trailer reaction um so stay tuned if you like any of those things at all of course today we're brought to you by lumen brother printers and razor but i'll get to all of that later because i want to talk about moon knight episode five asylum andy cortez i want to start with you what'd you think loved it holy shit i really really enjoyed this episode it I think I really enjoy the episodes that are really introspective and kind of do a deep dive similar to us watching the WandaVision episode where we kind of go through her past in that really cool time travel episode, um, watching all the sort of trauma and kind of what led us to the certain to the, the current point, you know, um, and so watching all that backstory with Mark, I it wasn't what I was necessarily expecting while. I'd say a bit overdramatic at times and a bit kind of like, wow, we're really that's that's the leap you're making, you know, um, with his mom and sort of how how she took the death of her of her youngest son. I I still legitimately enjoyed the performance from Oscar Isaac. I wondered I think the answer for me has been clear now that, oh, that's where all the CG budget went to Tawaret. Um, that <laughs> I think the CG on her looked absolutely fantastic the whole time. And then we cut to a shitty green screen again. And it's like, God damn, dude, like, come on, man. We're, <laughs> it's just a green screen. It shouldn't be that hard or, or, or the volume or whatever. Um, I, I thought her CG was fantastic. I loved the whole concept of sailing through the, the afterlife. And if you get judged correctly, then you can, you know, kind of meet the end of all of this at the what's it called the field of reeds um i thought it was just a really neat journey um seeing the creation of steven and seeing the presumed end of steven of him falling off and ending with that field of reeds shot actually looked really damn good and didn't seem like a a green screen um or obvious volume moment to me I, I loved it. Uh, this is by far my favorite episode of the show. Um, yeah, so I hope episode six ends as strong. Nicholas Scarpino. Yeah, I'm with Andy. I mean, I really, really enjoyed this episode. In fact, I think this was the best episode of the show so far um, because I think that it, it uses the medium of what these shows are f- the right way. This 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 dove straight into the heart of what I like about the Marvel movies, which is like the conflict and the characters themselves. Um, and so I was fascinated the entire time for this I really, really like the relationship. I thought I think Oscar Isaac left to his own devices is just absolutely compelling to watch um, in these shows. And I think he did a great job doing both characters at the same time or hinting at potentially the third character or whatever's going on there. But I think really just bringing it down to that relationship with him and his mom's being really kind of heavy stuff. And I obviously as a, you know, an adult who has seen a lot of different types of comic book shows and movies. That's the kind of stuff that I think, you know, you can, you can really sink your teeth into and and it's really fascinating to watch because you have a really high caliber actor with heavy material and that gives him something that gives him more range to uh, to go with. Uh, So I really liked this episode. I thought again, another, another one with him and, Anytime he's on screen with Ethan Hawke, I thought they did a great job. I love that he refers to his mustache as a tash. I think Hell yeah. It. That was great. Fantastic. Um, and so, you know, I thought I thought and, and it was fa- and it was really, really fascinating kind of a trip. And I think just a really cool, unique episode that's that stands out for me uh, for sure. 
Greg Miller. Uh, I love this episode. You know, this is uh, what I want out of this show. I think Oscar Isaac is so great. I think letting him play off of himself and talk and really have these, you know, Stephen Mark conversations and get into what's been going on and why this has been happening. Not that the questions before have left me wanting, right? But it's the relationships that have. Uh, whereas in the episodes before we've talked about where I just don't dig uh, Mark's wife. And then I didn't last episode feel like she had a real connection with Stephen. So that entire plot just didn't work for me, right? Same thing with her and her father and all these things. Like there's been so much uh, telling and not showing in this show which for some uh, obviously reasons you want to do to build uh, drama uh, heightened tensions make us ask questions but sometimes i think it's just because it's a bit lazy and doesn't work and they just want us no no this is why this matters just don't worry about it uh this was a great one of delivering on the questions that i've had that have been intriguing to me about steve and about mark about their relationship and yeah i thought you know, everything on the boat looked great my one like nitpicky thing to get hung up on right is that i really 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 hate that for tawet like she sounds so much her voice like she wasn't recorded in the room with them, yeah. which of course she wasn't. But it's just like Mark and Steven have that natural echo in the asylum of like being in the room. And she sounds like clearly she was in a sound booth recording with nothing. And I hate that about it. Uh, but I love the performance and I love the idea and I love the scales and I love, you know, going through and fighting all that stuff. And what and Tim, this is for you, I guess, which I, uh, maybe I'm jumping ahead a little bit. But when she men mentions, oh, you'd be surprised how many different planes of consciousness intersect uh, in the ancestral plane. It's beautiful. Is that a Black Panther reference? I took that as a Black Panther reference. All right, just making sure. Yeah, like, I, I mean, what, what that was doing was just confirming, and I think a really good call of Marvel to do for the MCU is confirming that there are multiple gods, multiple yep. religions, and multiple yep. like ways that these things are handled, and specifically multiple afterlives. And I feel in the comics, they've sometimes done a messy job of making it sound like, no, this is the only one, but then other things contradict it. It's cool that they're setting it up now that like there are different types of gods and different beliefs lead you to different afterlives. So that is really cool. 100%. Yeah, I thought that was a really cool uh, thing. Yeah, and I, I, you know, I dug Ethan Hawke as always. I still think we should do the the before trilogy interview. Just saying, I'm putting it out there. Just putting it on the Hawkwatch. Hawkwatch, let's get in there. I also, like when he calls him Ned Flanders, it was this episode where they really clicked of like, oh, he's cosplaying as Stan Lee. I didn't fucking pick that up. <laughs> like he looks just like Stan Lee, including the gray wings and the mm -hmm. glasses and the mustache. I was like, fuck, that's awesome. Like I was, it's, this was an amazing episode. I thought it was really great. And you know, I'm, I wish this entire series was as good as this episode, or at least hit as much as this episode hit for me. Kevin Coelho. I like this episode a lot. I thought it was a lot of fun. Had my attention the whole time. It's not perfect. Like there were a couple things where I'm like, oh, why'd you do that? I think that the the biggest thing for me that kind of left me a little bit uh, frustrated was that he's going around get, with these two hearts, right, trying to sort things out. But we know there's a third persona, or at least it's been alluded to several times. Yeah. And it's it would have made sense that they made some allusion to it. Maybe uh, Tawit would like, just be like, no, that doesn't have a heart or something. Um, and I kind of just feel like that was a weird miss that kind of feels like they forgot about that. So that's I'm interested to see. Uh, I'm with Kev. I'm with Kev. I thought I thought they were gonna say that the third heart was gonna need to come in to balance out the scale yep. somewhere. But I yeah, do yeah. like the resolution where taking one of the hearts away was what like him reconciling why Stephen was born in the first place was the re was the reason why he could be balanced, which I thought was a really really poignant message. Sorry. Yeah, this sort of defense mechanism, right? This yeah personality that was created to kind of live in its own world free of all the violence and and uh abuse at home i th i don't know i just i just thought it was a really damn club cool episode. tim what do you think okay do you have more more thoughts oh. there 
No, I mean that was about <laughs> it. I like I I have, I'm a little bit trepidatious with the uh, the last next week's the last episode, right? Mm-hmm. There's a lot to like tie up and put together because I I kind of wish they had we'd seen a little bit of um, his wife breaking out the the little um, Conchu statue because I feel like we have to wrap that up in the beginning of the story i would assume to get sure him yeah, yeah to get him yeah. back to get him back into the body right. to be healed to do the thing but yeah. you figure like that's how it'll build next episode right is that it's done they get the message to layla we get her she smashes the thing he wakes up with a bullet hole or you know maybe he wakes up with a bullet hole before she smashes the thing and we get a bit and then he smashed mm-hmm. and then moon knight's back and he fucks shit up mm-hmm. yeah like so far this isn't my my favorite of the shows by a long shot but i am really enjoying it the entire way through and i think that this episode is kind of like proof of why i feel that way like i think that it does a good job um i kind of feel differently than what greg is saying of the tell don't show thing where i think the show does a good job of showing a lot telling a lot and then kind of flipping the balance of that throughout the episodes where the more we go on things that seemed random before are completely obvious of why they happened or like or they're not obvious yet but like they're clearly there for a reason like um though i I brought this up last week where i was like it's the theory of like they seem to be on a vehicle of some sort they were on the boat we put together that theory that uh ended up being correct that it was towerette kind of like bringing them um through Mm -hmm. death or whatever the passage of death but tying it back to the first episode where there's that little girl uh that steven was talking to it was just like Mm -hmm. explaining the field of reeds and all that stuff and um her being like did it suck not getting uh, accepted into it? And he goes, I'm not dead. Am I dead? And it's like those lines of dialogue and all that stuff are like linking back now. Like that's what happened here. So it's interesting where we're still at this point of like how many layers of in his head are we? How many layers of reality are they? Where is Ethan Hawke actually going on right now? Even in this episode, it seems like there's the different levels of the, the psych ward going on. And in the flashback, seeing the little bird skeleton uh, that looked suspiciously like Khonshu in the flashback of yeah. him and his brother's situation. It's like, there's just a lot of like mm-hmm. tidbits being thrown around that they're showing a lot, they're telling a lot. And I, mm-hmm. I'm interested, how are they going to pull it all together in the end? I uh, think that the tease of the third personality and then not delivering on it, I really liked in this episode because I, I feel like I'm impressed that this show continues to go in a completely different direction than I expected to at almost every turn where I'm like, Oh, I know exactly where you're going with this. And it's that it is there for 80% and the 20%, it just goes somewhere else. I'm like, where, where are you going now? And I'm excited to find out the answer to it. I just hope that it's good. And I am for the first time in the show, I'm a little worried with the runtime we have left. I keep saying the last couple of weeks, like, Oh my God, we still have three episodes. We still have two episodes. Now it's like, okay, we only have one episode and I feel that way. Um, There's a lot for them to wrap up, but I more than ever now believe that um, the direction they took at the end of this episode with Steven and Mark kind of having, Steven really having to step up and then kind of like becoming Mm -hmm. one and Steven potentially dying and all that is infinitely more interesting than the complete obvious thing we all expected of, oh, the third personality is going to come and save the day and beat a bunch of people's ass. And here we go. We have heroes, right? We're going to get that third personality. It does exist. We saw the sarcophagus. So I'm just a little more convinced now that that might be a post-credit tease as opposed to a part of the story they're telling here. And I think at the end of the day, that could be in service to the narrative of a lot because we care about Steven. We might have now lost Steven, but probably not. But this episode made me for the first time care about Mark. Greg? Nope. That was my question. I, I was like, I, do you think we really lost Steven? Like, I, I think it's such a powerful moment and Mark I, screaming for him. And I was like, man, this is powerful and cool. I just don't buy that he's not going to be resurrected in that next episode. 
Yeah, and I, I don't think that he should be dead at all either. I don't want him to be. Kevin? I, I just want to say, like, I thought that uh, them not addressing the fact that there was a third personality, like, even, it could have been, uh, what's her name, Tomit? The Towerette. 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 I, it could have even been Towerette, just like them finding the door and her being like, don't go in there. That thing doesn't have a heart or something. I think that that would have made more sense because it just feels like if they're alluding to another personality, them just totally skipping it and like him having to reconcile with uh, Steven to try to balance out the things just doesn't make sense for there to be another personality right well i mean the thing would be maybe i mean like i'm hypothesizing just pulling out my ass right but i mean like they're talking about trying to get their soul right and get the balances of scales mixed for that like maybe this third personality isn't connected to their soul in some way maybe it's a, th- a deposit from conchu maybe the fact that it's just we're talking specifically about mark and so if mark doesn't know what's happening in this partition part of his mom his greater celestial being then it just mm-hmm. doesn't matter for this part of the conversation I want to keep theorizing, but before we do that, let me tell you about our sponsors. All right, guys, let's chat skincare. If your skincare routine is basically you washing your face in the shower with that one shower gel that you've been using since high school, then it's time to level up your skincare game. Because as it turns out, that regular body wash you've been using that you thought was good enough is probably damaging your skin. But thanks to Lumen, you can drop that bottle of three-in-one and start using products that actually take care of your skin. With Lumen, you get the highest quality products. All their products aim to help with those stubborn acne scars, under eye circles, wrinkles, sun damage, dry skin, oily skin, you name it, it's all there. Starting with Lumen is easy. All you have to do is take a two-minute quiz on their website and they'll tell you exactly which routine is best for your skincare needs. Gia's been using the charcoal face wash and charcoal face scrub and she feels so fresh afterward. She has dry skin, so especially during the winter, it's nice to have that hydration and exfoliation also she's a big fan of the really subtle citrus smell level up your skincare game with lumen skin today go to lumenskin.com slash kind of funny to get your free trial of lumen's products that's l-u-m-i-n skin.com slash kind of funny for a free trial lumenskin.com slash kind of funny Hey, computer people announced at CES and available now the latest generation of Razer Blades feature. All new NVIDIA GeForce RTX 30 series GPUs and up to an RTX 3080 Ti featuring a suite of cutting edge features to improve gameplay, including NVIDIA Reflex. NVIDIA Reflex delivers the ultimate competitive advantage, the lowest latency, the best responsiveness. Get the competitive edge you need at sub 25 milliseconds. And I asked the one, the only, the Nitro Rifle. Andy Cortez is that good. And he said, ooh wee, sub 25 milliseconds is great. And I said, that's fantastic. Acquire targets faster, react quicker, and increase aim precision in the most competitive games such as Apex Legends, Fortnite, Call of Duty, and more. Learn more about the Razer Blades powered by NVIDIA GPUs with NVIDIA Reflex technology at Razer.com. When I needed a printer, I turned to Twitter and so many of you told me Brother was the way to go. For more than a year now, Jen and I have been using our Brother printer for immigration paperwork, baby paperwork, and a million other things. It's been great, but you know what printers need? Ink. And while it used to be a hassle to get ink, Brother's Refresh Easy print subscription has made it easy. The Brother Refresh Easy print subscription service is a printing plan that is based on the number of pages you print. You choose a monthly plan based on your print volume needs, color, black and white, and all print for one monthly cost. And instead of having to remember to buy replacement, 
replacement ink cartridges, your printer does the work for you through an intelligent ink and toner level monitoring feature that tracks the remaining amount of ink or toner and orders it before you run out. The Brother Refresh Easy Print Subscription Service is a convenient, worry-free way to print. Each plan is flexible, and you can change or cancel your subscription at any time. So what are you waiting for? Stop running out of ink when you need it most and put your printer to work with the Brother Refresh Easy Print Subscription Service by signing up at brother-usa.com slash print with refresh. Again, that's brother-usa.com print with refresh to sign up for the Brother Refresh Easy Print Subscription Service and stop worrying about your ink levels. Look at that. And look at that fingy. Andy no. Cortez. It, it's almost an aspect of the story that I wish didn't exist because I feel like there's so much to digest and so much that they can still dive into with Steven and Mark and or maybe we saw it maxed out at its full potential in this past episode, but a part of me uh, operate while watching that episode, I was operating on the fact that this was always about Steven and Mark and an outside third party, like a literal third party, a third personality seems like it might add a level of confusion. And I, I feel like this story is good enough with just these two characters kind of dealing with each other and, under and kind of reconciling, you know, uh, Stephen obviously knows why he exists now and knows that he's not the main person. And I think I love that that sequence of Stephen waking up in that street um, when he was going to go to his mother's funeral. I thought all those scenes were just so powerful and so beautifully acted. And I part of me wonders that if bringing this third personality into the fray kind of does that dilute it at all does that feel like you're adding an extra level of uh a, an extra level of depth that doesn't need to necessarily be there it's, it's funny is i think it's been there the whole time already because it's like we we know that there are perspectives that we've we've already not seen but seen around so we know there are things that are happening that neither steven nor mark know about so and we heard I'm it, hopeful. right? Yeah. We heard well, the we saw this. Person. Yeah, we saw the guy trying to get out of the sarcophagus. Sorry, Nick, you had your... No, you no, 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 no. Not only that. Didn't we hear the third person when he was talking to one of these doctors? Yeah, so that's what I was going to yeah, say. Yeah, yeah. We, yeah. Hear, we hear a, a different accent when his nose is all fucked up and he's all yeah. he's like, his face is bashed in. And that was the question. I was like, isn't that... That was a completely different personality, if I'm not mistaken, or if it were, um, unless it was Oscar Isaac as Mark being like a really hardcore New York like accent or whatever, whatever it was doing. But I thought that was the first hint of them. And then they sedated him back again. Remember? Cause he pops back up and goes, mm -hmm. you guys knocked me out. Right. You guys, you guys sedated me because you've been watching too many movies. We don't do that here. Yeah. And so like some, he suppressed that, that third personality himself, I think is what we we're supposed to infer. Well, no, that. but they said, unless we have to, and he kind of chuckled. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I, that, I was going to ask you guys if you, if, if, if I was just mistaken or if I, if I caught that correctly. I'm right there with you, Nick, in a, in a way where like knowing the comics, like that would line that accent would line up with what the third one of the the, yeah. the other personality is. However, um, I like, am hey, right there with you. Where, what are you doing? Get yeah. some cranes out. It, it, it was <laughs> like, you mess it, with one of us, you mess with all of us. I think it was delivered in a way in this that it could be Mark if they wanted to be Mark. Yeah. I don't think it's a Mark. I do think it's a third one, but uh, it was I, very dramatic. It, it was a very different accent. Yeah. Yeah, but it, like I think that if we had only seen one time of the conversations with Ethan Hawke, then it would have been even more confusing. Mm -hmm. But the fact that we saw multiple and it seemed like it was like different, I think that that it is alluding and like well, evidence right, of us hearing. When voice. we come back to him the next time, it's Mark or and, and or Stephen, and his face is fine, and he's like, and, and yeah. so I think that was like that was a good visual. But he like, did remember it, though. Yeah, 
Well, I think because I think the third one's starting to break through, right? Because so what, one of the cool things about this, obviously, is we see the moment where their their lives start intertwining, where they start yeah. like living with each other's lives, which it was gut wrenching, right? The fact that Stephen thinks mm-hmm. that his mom's still alive and she he's not, and he finally has to come to the conclusion that she's not. That was really really sad. All that stuff I thought was really well done. The one the one thing that I wish, and I and I know it's just budgetary, but you know I think a lot of this the to, to Greg's point the. The one relationship I don't love is the relationship between Stephen, Mark, and Layla because I feel like it is a lot of them just explaining why these two characters should like each other. And I think they had a really great opportunity here to to show you and and take you through the emotional journey that that Mark went through with his mother, the abuse uh, we got, we we lived that. There was not really any, there was no telling. We we just we were just in those moments seeing and that story that that made those moments really really poignant. The one thing that didn't hit for me was when he, he looks at it and he goes, oh, that's Layla's dad. And he goes, oh, yeah, I was taking them on a convoy and yada, yada, yada. And it's this long backstory. And I'm like, why didn't we open up a door and have 40-minute episode of him living that moment? I would have liked to have seen him being the mercenary and having this one moment where he kills this person and then crawls to this temple to see Khonshu. And that's that's there, you know? Like, I just don't think we got enough of that. And I think it was just unfortunately just so f- quickly done that i still just don't care about that that story I, I, yeah I, sorry kevin you're gonna talk sorry i was gonna say i i think like i so he introduces the character bushman he talks about that being his uh co um yeah. and um i think that there's gonna be more there like i in the the comics that's a big character and i wonder if here if they're gonna mix that in to be his third personality maybe hmm. but that's that's my thing yeah. is like i i just think that the show because it plays with memory and because it goes back and forth so much i think it would have been it, it's a little bit of a disservice to not have the format be living those moments living the moments where he meets layla living this like reliving those things because so yeah. much of those you know so much of relationships in shows like that have to be built by you seeing the characters go through these moments and having these connections and having them just tell us these things through steven's eyes mm-hmm. having her be like oh mark and i met yada 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 it's interesting, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't hit on an emotional level like you would if you actually saw their first date or saw the whatever, you know, saw him holding her dad, you know, in his arms as he's dying with a bullet hole in his own chest and has to crawl toward this one, you know, salvation, which is this temple. Yeah. But I do, to, I do I, like the moment where he and Conchu kind of, where, where we, I like that we actually got to, to see him do that. I just wish we had a 40 minute build up with action sequences and like, you know, and choices leading up to I, that point. I totally agree, and I think because it was something that that is kind of in the background of knowledge that we had been told before, right? Like, we've been told that right. this happened. We know that she confronts, Layla confronts him, and uh, there's a denial there. But I don't think they dove deep into it enough, um, and I think that would have been really neat to have this sequence, but as the viewer, not necessarily know what's happening. To right. us, it's a... It's an action sequence with gunfighting and blah, blah, blah. blah. And then we see this fugue state of this person die. And then having that realization of, oh, shit, that's Layla's dad. That's what all this scene has been. This is really cool. I think that that is kind of a a cool thing that could have happened. But uh, just like you mentioned, Nick, I do. I did really enjoy that sequence with Khonshu inside of the, the tomb and Khonshu kind of introducing himself and then getting that realization of. Mark talking to Stephen and Mark being like, or or Stephen mentioning something like, 
well, you, you were under his power. You were under his influence. It was all him and Mark being like, no, I think he just kind of accentuated what I am. I'm a killer. Mm -hmm. And I, I thought that was a, a really neat little line of dialogue there. I think that's really interesting. And that, that goes back to my theory about the, uh, the seeing the skeleton of the bird uh, in the, the major, major flashback of like, how involved has Conchu been in all of yeah. this? And it might not be at all, but like, I think that there's enough breadcrumbs that like, clearly the fact that Steven and, and the show is telling us like, hey, Conchu's kind of like uh, abusing his power here, I think is a really interesting idea. And I think that combining that with the the brutal backstory we got uh, about his his mom and all that stuff mm -hmm. in this episode. I thought they did such a good job with the Stephen Mark dynamic, specifically relating to that scenario because yeah. the, he Mark was like desperately trying to protect Stephen from finding out the truth, not to like hide something from him, but to protect Stephen. Like he didn't want Stephen's heart to get broken from learning that his mom's dead and who his mom is and all this stuff. And it's like that I thought they did a really, really good job with. And I didn't expect them to to handle it that gracefully. And it this episode, I think, just reached a peak of us having followed Steve in the last five episodes uh, to the moment where he like punches Mark. It's like such a, a cool thing where it's like you get these like and even though he's like ow oh, afterwards it's like you're seeing him kind of grow as a character and then kind of like not meet in the middle but kind of like meet like learn from each other and i know that's exactly what this whole episode was about but i i thought that they did a, a good job with that overall but i think that the emotional core of him creating steven to protect himself but then now trying to protect steven from what he knows is just like really really cool yeah, yeah, Steven's like a real person to him, right? And you see that mm, at the end like of the a performance brother. of him. Exactly, him falling over the side of the boat, right? That like, again, maybe this is why the scales can balance again is that there are two souls living inside this body that we care that, you know, again, whatever this third one means. But in terms of this six scale conversation, there's two souls. And so you can only have one or whatever goes through. But like the, you know, the reaction of Mark to Steven's death, I think implies obviously shows that he yeah. loves him and does care about him. And, and 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 not only that, but like Tim, you had on the point of like him not wanting him to go into the room and discover sort of that he wasn't the original. But it was also there's also that undercurrent of Mark just not wanting to relive any of this, mm -hmm. right? This sure. just being this incredibly traumatic experience that he that he did, um, which I thought you know was just just the way they showed it. The, the, the most heartbreaking moment was like the cake, where he's like he yeah. like she's not coming yeah. down today. You know, that's just such a sad. And and kind of poignant moment in someone's history where your mom just like hates you so much she won't come to your birthday party. It's fucked up, man. And then of course, the guy got it. Kind of took me out of it a little bit when 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 teenage Mark is walking away and he looks over and his dad's like the same age as him, just like a couple lines drawn under his <laughs> eyes. But still a good scene. Still a good scene with him. Like you're supposed to fix this, not me. He goes, we can fix this. He's like you're supposed to fix this, not me. Like you're the dad. You're yeah. the adult yeah. in this situation. Like why the fuck aren't you doing something? Which I always like. That's always a pet peeve of mine where it's like the mom and the son have a problem relationship with the dad's just over reading a newspaper. So I'm glad they called it out where he's like, this is, he's like, you fix it, man. What the fuck? Like help the help out here. But yeah, I thought the whole thing was, I thought all that stuff was really well done and, and, it, and it, it really backs up. And it also kind of gives us uh, more explanation for the accent and, and watching his old sort of Indiana Jones type show, which oh, right. makes a lot of sense. Cause I, Steven. I, I remember uh seeing tom warren tweet about the accent and how it just it was bad and it just felt like a kind of a caricature and that my thought was always like yeah this seems like somebody who's just watched a couple of british tv shows and is just going for all of the 
the punchlines and all of the kind of bollocks and saying all the, the things that you hear on TV. And it seems like a per, an alien visiting Earth trying to be a British person. And now right. that makes so much <laughs> more kind, sense. It's kind of how I've always felt about Gary's accent. I'm not, I'm not I, sold Will Gary Gary's ever drop it? Will he ever drop the Just act? Drop you can it, get dude. writing credits. You're from Fresno, bro. Exactly. We all know it. <laughs> what an absolute Muppet. <laughs> one of my favorite lines. I love that. That was great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. God, that transition of him pick, getting up and picking up the phone immediately and calling in calling his mom. God damn. Oh my god, dude! Hit the the tears like rolling down his eyes. Oscar yeah. fucking eyes. He's got man. the he's chops. Just, he's got it, man. He's he's got it. And like again, like the the thing I was talking about about how like every line of the show comes back in some way. Like the later skaters now feels so much more sad and so much more like oh damn like that's this thing with his mom but his mom fucking sucks you know and like seeing yeah. him as a little kid saying it like walking away like that whole thing was like oh man and like him even just going into the cave and like you know what's going down here and it's just like we just dealt with this peacemaker are you gonna make us do this again it's so sad but i thought they, they did a good job some fun uh comic tidbits uh from this in the moon knight comics his brother randall uh is a, a moon knight character not like one of the most iconic ones but he is a a villain to to moon knight guess what his name Ro -Ro. is Ro it's uh, the most what's sun, moon knight's brother night sun queen no, shadow knight shadow oh, knight is what ass. we're going with here that's, like, like, that's so <laughs> sick cool. uh but yeah his, he's more of a, a carnage type in the sense like he's like a fucking oh. serial killer so yeah. i i kind of get the vibe that they might have wrote him off of this show because disney's like we're not we're not we ain't doing that stuff here we but kev brought like up earlier the other thing is the the ceo bushman bushman is uh the like most iconic moon knight um enemy like rival yeah. so I imagine we will get him in some form at some point. Um, whatever this any is, chance that it is the third personality, and he was the one no. that like killed. Damn. No, <laughs> I mean, that, that, like, I mean, uh, maybe, maybe that'd, that'd be, be drastically different. If yeah, if he kills his like, you know, everyone, and he is like the bad guy. Or mm. see, the the hole with that though is Ethan Hawke would know, unless Ethan Hawke just does know, well, and he's just playing it all. What, no, what yeah, I think Hawk Ethan Hawke needs to be the bad guy, like the big baddie, though. I no, don't, no, I don't, I, I, I don't, mean, I don't mean that. I just mean uh, that he's the the CO that went bad on that that uh, mercenary run. Because the mm. CO was the well, like, no, right. instead of just transporting these people, let's murder them all, kill yeah, everybody. Yeah. yeah, there's no witnesses. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, wait, who was the one that said the CEO? Was that was it Mark or was it? That was Mark. It? Was Mark. Okay, was Mark, then yeah, yeah, hey Kev, you might be right on that. That's, that was Mark that's talking to Steve about it, yeah. yeah. But I mean, mm -hmm. yeah. I I think that'd be cool. I don't know much about uh Bushman other than he's like a mercenary bad yeah. guy. A terrible superhero name, Bushman. Yeah. That's yeah. Just, I think that's the like the character. It's just his last yeah, name. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. <laughs> um, so does anyone have any theories for the finale? They got a Moon lot Knight to wrap wins. Up. Yeah, yeah, I want it to be super long. I hope it's two hours. <laughs> I know it's not going to be, but I hope they can give us all the information that we want very quickly. And that's I know that's really hard to do, but I hope that they they've won me over a bit on this show. I hope they can really land the ship. You know, give me a give me a really awesome cliffhanger. I know that like people hate cliffhanger. I love them. Like I want this show to end in the same way Loki did with oh my god it's the, the the statue is different it's in a different way like i want something that level of holy shit they're doing this sort of thing Doctor and Strange then, pops up. 
We'll see you in season two. You know. Doctor Strange. Also, how much less would I like this show if it wasn't Oscar Isaac? That's I my mean, big. That's my big theory. That's why they got the big guns. He's carrying. That's why brought him in. He really is. I mean, it's interesting right now where like this is a limited series. It's like being promoted as a, a one and done. So they could always change that. But uh, it's it is. And according to Oscar Isaac, he or, he's the first uh, person in the MCU going forward that doesn't have an actual contract for like a bunch of different appearances so he could just not come back but i imagine with the success of it he's he's going to uh my my theories for next week are unfortunately pretty pessimistic i expect we're gonna get some glowing shit in the sky we're gonna see him fight in a ridiculously overdone cgi fight Mm -hmm. and i think it's gonna be pretty tempered overall but hopefully i'm wrong about that i do think at this point the it's most likely the post-credit tease will be uh the third personality um and that excites me just because it means we're probably going to get more and i think that that'd be confirming a a season two of some sort um or some other show that involves them uh but if we want to get crazy just putting it out there the theory everyone's talking about that is like the get hype don't oh i want to turn it off right now i don't even want to know it i don't even want to know because it's going to do that thing where it'll fucking make me get hyped for it and then it won't happen you you can turn off i just want to tell it to the people just so like if it does andy i want you to wave your hands when i can come back i don't know if i want to hear it either oh jesus kevin you trash all the time so when you want to hear all right sounds good kev it's uh with thor love and thunder coming out with gore the god butcher being the main villain what would gore the god butcher appear in and do some dope ass shit coming through killing all the fucking gods calling it a day fucking awesome there's no way that happens no way it happens but you're saying it would make make sense it adds up jesus greg thank you greg don't worry about it greg don't worry about it i think i heard thor i should have muted you guys what do you mean what do you mean? <laughs> no, he said. Boring. Anyway, let us know. He oh, he's, oh, it's gonna be yeah, boring. boring. Okay, yeah. okay, I didn't, I didn't know that. Let us know in the comments below how likely you think it is we see colors in the sky next week. Until next time, I love you all. Goodbye. <laughs>